0: Mr. Pop. Oh, they're funny things, children. If I knew how funny they were, I might not have had four of them.
1: (laughs) This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Rock. And a roll! My name's Kevin Hillier, and with me, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, rock star extraordinaire, platinum, gold, you name it, uh, albums, he's got them on the wall, awards, he's got them on the trophy cabinet. Yes, it is the one and only Brian Maddox. Oh, g'day, Kev, g'day,
2: finey, g'day, world. How you going? Good. How are you? Um, um I've been a little bit slow today. I had a sleeping pill last night, and it. The- the bathroom won't wear off. But anyway, <laughs> we'll be right. <laughs>
1: Is there a counteractive uh, like a wake pill? No, you don't. You don't get into that, do you? That's no, like, no.
2: I'd probably go down and kill the score
1: that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't goodness. think I'll bother. And of course, the other part of the uh, the ensemble here is the one and only. Yes, he is the man who was on the uh, Hello Turf at Moraben the day that the music died at Moraben, and they played there for the very last time. But he is a, a broadcaster, an author, and uh, a well known scribe around the the place and raconteur extraordinaire, Mark.
0: Fine. Good morning, all.
1: Oh, very re- – no, that should be Mark Refined, yeah. I think uh, we judging by that. Mark Refined.
0: Yes. 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 Morning, all. How are you? lovely. Well, well, Brian gave it the Hello World.
1: He gave it John Law. Yes. So I I to- Hello okay. World. <laughs> Can you – Law's, he's like 80-something, I think. eighty. Is he 86 or 87 or something? He's still doing morning radio in Sydney. And he's still upsetting people. Yes, he is. I saw um, a story on him actually where he suggested to one of the people that was listening to him and sending him text messages that he should go away and do away with himself, which got him into a fair bit of bother. I don't know why, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah, just giving the bloke some friendly advice.
2: <laughs> and said, Look, you know, I think the best thing you can do for yourself is go kill yeah. yourself. And yeah, um,
1: uh, yeah I, don't
2: know if the, I don't know if the bloke took up the advice, but. Um, that's what is there for,
1: to give advice to oh, people. Oh, yes, absolutely. The golden uh, the golden microphone, the golden earphones, the golden everything. And, uh, yeah, it, it's quite quite amazing. I hope I'm not wasn't still doing the, morning radio when I'm 80-something.
0: Wasn't it the great Norman Banks who had a call of me in and they said, oh, my husband let me, I don't have any money in the bank, I'm going to kill myself. And Norman Banks said... No, you are not, madam. You are going
1: to kill myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, even if that's not true, that's a great story. I like that. That's nice, isn't it? That's very good. Uh, and how's as your week been, Finding What have you been up to?
0: Oh, I've been no nothing all that exciting. Um, just watching and the players all by the wayside, one by one. Mm, oh, um God. Been quite unusual,
1: hasn't it? We'll get and to we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to that uh, most unusual injury because it reminded me of another one. But uh, uh, yeah, bizarre, 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 bizarre. bizarre uh, uh, what's happening in the footy? Well, we'll get to the footy because we're, we're reintroducing the world famous uh, rock and roll footy tips. So they're back. Oh,
0: beautiful. But uh, otherwise, we've had one. Our older daughter has moved out of home. Oh. And it's funny how they move out of home, Kevin, Brian. Let's just say we see quite a bit of it still.
1: Right. <laughs> oh, it's one of those moving out of homes where you tend to uh, have more interaction now because they want to ask you stuff about, what uh, What do I do here with this, Dad?
0: You bet. Washing is brought home. Meals are, you know, washing is imported. Meals are exported. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, all of a sudden, we're seeing more of her. And we've become she's become more reliant on us having moved out than when she was here.
1: <laughs> did did she do the really quick kind of like uh, okay, I think I think I might like to move into my own place, and then within like thirty five seconds, they'd she'd found a place and almost a do you know got all the stuff out of her room and moved out.
0: No, no, actually, it was her and a couple of her and a couple of friends, and they were pretty thorough in finding a new place. All right, but not all that logical in setting it up and they've got like one small washer dryer between the three of them, so that's not working very well. So we're seeing plenty of washing back home and, you know, it's funny. It's, uh, running a household is not that easy when you do it yourself, is mm.
1: it?
0: <laughs> And I think we all went through it, but I don't know whether she's got a little bit more empathy for mum and dad now. I don't think so. I just <laughs> think that we're like... Um, we're sort of a, a, a satellite service
1: provider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you always were, but she was just living in the same house.
0: Correct. <laughs> you know, and now, it's, I'll tell you one thing, you've got to, it's the quick or the dead when it comes to leftovers in the fridge because <laughs> I'm pretty sure what we had for dinner last night should have been here this morning, but lost in translation. It's yep. all gone.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah, it's a. It is. It is very funny when that happens. Oh well, you'll. Uh, so is that, has someone claimed the room already or not?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the boys have all sort of. The two boys have uh, moved up one room in terms of sort of square area. So the boys are both changed rooms, and it's funny how quickly children can sort of um, arm them. You know, get themselves into motion and actually get things done.
1: Oh yeah, when they want to <clears throat> Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, when, when they want something.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know. Clean up your room. Yeah. Sure, sure. It lays dormant for six months.
1: <laughs> yeah. But my room's it's now about, clean because I'm moving into a new room. That's a different kettle of fish.
0: Yeah. Things can get things can get done yes. when there's a motivation, when there's a reward at the end of it. Oh they're funny things children. If yes. I knew how funny they were, I might not have had four of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: what about you Brian? What's your week been like? I know you've been keeping tabs on the uh on the uh, physical condition and uh, health condition of our of Victorian Premier.
2: Dan, well I'm a, I'm a bit stuck about this. Now I've heard a lot of rumors about Dan, yeah, his pole axe and he just <laughs> fell and stairs drunk. Uh and then I heard that um, Work Safety and Health, somebody wrote a letter to them um, declaring that there was 103 breaches of the Safety Act um, done in the quarantine thing. And Dan Andrews and I think three of his ministers might be indicted on criminal offences. So it got me thinking that, you know, when Alan Bond and Christopher case get into trouble, they they get sick. Yep. and they uh, can't come to court, ah. and um, and I'm sort of wondering whether this ball maybe just tied in with that, perhaps. I'm not sure. I'm not saying that's definitely what happened, but it might just be a coincidence, but it might not be either. There you go. All
1: right. Uh, so he's got back trouble. Uh, apparently, if he comes uh, back, oh, if he, he comes back, there'll be trouble.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, maybe somebody has to pleas please lock him up but um, so maybe you know the middle up, he'll end up in jail
1: oh, <laughs> right now uh, Grammy Awards Brian give us an update on uh, what happened with the Grammy Awards the uh, the night of nights the highest accolade that uh, a musician can get in the uh, in the known world what happened
2: well I didn't watch the Grammy Awards to be honest uh, Kev and if I had if I doubt I would have known any of the acts they all and they're American Music Awards and Americans are just making shit music at the moment. I have been for the last few years. Yeah. So I doubt it would have been worth watching at all. Right. I think that's probably. I think Holy Molly <laughs> might have been on at the rerun of that. <laughs> so I watched that.
1: I think that's a pretty fair summation of uh, what's been, what's been trotted out for awards. Every five seconds, there's another award show on somewhere. It's just it's ridiculous how many award shows there are these days.
2: Yeah, and it's all you know, rich and successful people pat themselves on the back. Yeah. You now, know, what do, about the homeless awards? What are they the homeless awards one find the best homeless person or something? You know, the people that are down on
1: their luck, they can do it in a war show. Yep, rather than the ones that are dripping with money and uh, and flaunting it like there's no tomorrow in front of everybody. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, now, yeah. a couple of sad notes I want to bring up. Uh, it seems to be every week we've got uh, like a bloody shopping list of, uh, of people who unfortunately have passed away in the uh, in the entertainment and, uh, and, and world in general, um, but three – this week, that uh, one was last night, which was uh, came as a as a big shock. I think because I, I think he was, a, I was supposed to do a gig in South Australia on uh, on Thursday night. It's Doug Parkinson who sadly passed away at the age of seventy four overnight.
2: Yeah, Doug so was a great singer, and the um, few times I met him. He's a great bloke, and um, yeah, it's a big loss for Australian music. He's he's a legend.
1: He's, uh, he the, the I reckon you easily say probably apart from maybe a Billy Fields, he had the most unique voice of anybody I reckon I've ever heard come out of this country.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely a unique voice. It sort of had a husk to it. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, he could operate it very, very well. And, um, and you know, who's ever going to forget his amazing sideburns and beard. It must yeah. have been him days to have shaved that thing, you know. You need a sign writer to do it.
1: Yes. Yeah. And uh, I must admit, a couple of times we've uh, we've lucked on brilliant versions of Beatles songs in this country by, by Local acts, Zoot's version of Eleanor Rigby is sensational. And Parkinson's version of Dear Prudence is uh, is as good as it gets.
2: Yes, it,
1: it was, And it was deservedly a big hit for him. Yep. Yep. No, very sad yeah. there. Who else has dropped dead? Well, Murray Walker, yes. the famed uh, Formula One Grand Prix uh, broadcaster, um, uh, at the age of ninety-seven, passed away on the weekend. Um, now, what, happened? what happened to him? I'm not I'm not quite sure. He was ninety-seven. Don't so tell me. Don't tell me. He crashed his car. No, I don't think he did crash his car. Brian, <laughs> he'd be pretty good, even at ninety-seven. Yeah. I reckon
2: he'd know his
1: way around the wheel. I reckon he did. Certainly knew his way around uh, broadcasting. Uh, if you talk about the great voices, you know, we talked about Martin. Tyler, last week about what a good caller he is. And uh, Phil Liggett in the in the cycling. or well, Murray Walker for Formula One Grand Prix was just the best ever. Fine, are you a fan? Certainly a big
0: commentary. I'm not a huge Formula One Grand Prix fan, but definitely remember Murray Walker. And I'm sort of shocked he, he got to 97. That meant when I was sort of following his fortune calling Grand Prix, he would have already been in his 70s. I didn't realise he was so old.
1: No, Ned, did I actually, to be honest? Um, Neither did I. I thought he was probably in his in his seventies, maybe maybe touching eighty, but I didn't realise he was that old. So, uh, in, in a in a way, a good innings, and
0: sort of, I was happy to see that he got that far
1: in life. 97 yeah. a pretty good knock. Yeah, I reckon. And the other one was who didn't get a good knock. I think he was sixty-six. Was a marvelous, marvelous, uh, marvelous Marvin Hagler. Now, finally, I know you're mm. a, you're a fight fan. You would have uh, you would have uh, picked up on this one over the weekend. Yeah, no, that was a shock. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that he was fighting, but a
0: brilliant boxer, Marvin Hagler, and sort of right up there, you know, amongst the modern greats. And, yeah, very sad to see him pass away in the mid-60s.
2: One of the best fights I've ever seen was Marvin Hagler against Thomas Hearn. I think they fought about three times. I think that second time... It just turned into a street brawl. It was boxing; just went out the window. Marvin Hagler turned it into a street brawl, and it was like a Rocky fight. They were just belting the crap out of each other, and it was all over in three uh, three rounds. But year was a good fight. Yep, there was yeah, a,
1: there was yeah, a, were, there was a bevy of them around at that stage, wasn't they? And they probably didn't get the uh, the fame that uh, that you know the Arleys and that of the world got because there were so many of them uh, talented fighters at that same time. Yeah,
0: well, there was Sugar Ray Leonard, of course. Yep. Involved in some great fights, as you say. Um, there was Roberto Duran. These were not heavyweights, but involved in some magnificent fights. And Marvin Hagler right up with them. Sugar Shane Mosley.
1: Oh, yes. These
0: fantastic boxers. And, yeah, I mean, there are some around today. I don't know whether it's followed as quite I tell you what, the heavyweight division is quite interesting now with a couple of British fighters, uh, a New Zealand fighter or two, and it's quite even, and a, and a couple of Americans. So, I guess if you follow the boxes, I don't know. Are, are you fans I, either of you of UFC? Because I, I can't stand it at all. No, I can't.
1: Nah. I can't watch it. it. They put it on in some venues you go to, and, and I do. I can't watch. I can't watch cage fighting. I
2: don't mind it when they're standing up and punching and kicking each other, but when they get around on the ground and start rolling around semi naked, it's kneeing each other in the face. It almost looks sexual and it's I find the whole thing quite creepy. Especially when the girls do it. I can't stand watching the girls kick the crap out of each yeah, other. Yeah,
1: I'm with you. Rhonda Rousey might be, you know, a superstar but she's I can't watch I can't watch a fight.
2: Well she's just wrestling these days. I think she's made the smart move. She's realized that I can go wrestling and make as much money and without the risk of dying.
0: Yeah. A good
2: call yeah and the I- other one of course Ken that died this week was Doris Day, apparently is yes, uh, past Brian,
1: stop so, it. No good. <laughs> oh, yes. goodness me. I
2: also believe I also believe that Whitney Houston is not feeling well, no, it's... nor is Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, very good. Thank so, you. we'll just we'll keep an eye on them because yeah. let's hope that they can fall through. There you go.
1: Coroner to the stars, Brian Mannix. Hey, uh, w- w- while we're talking about boxing, um one of the things that buggers boxing up, Finey is when you see, and I, di- I haven't seen it, but obviously I've read about it. Uh, to see it would take me two minutes because that's all it lasted. But what buggers boxing up is when uh, Anthony Mundine gets back in the ring, I think at Bendigo on the weekend, and lasts two minutes and eight seconds and gets knocked over and at 40-something years of age, decides to hang the gloves up for the 15th time or whatever it is. That That is not helping boxing as a sport. No, that, that, that
0: is exactly right. Whether it's that, or whether it's the very much third-rate fights between NRL has beens or whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are some good young boxers in Australia, and and for the sort of fading lights of, of of a Danny Green or an Anthony Mundine to try and grab the headlines one more time just gives gives boxing a black eye that it doesn't need because, unfortunately. Those up-and-coming young boxers that do have talent fight with small crowds and no press coverage. So people think that boxing actually is the likes of Tony Mun- Anthony Mundine, and it it's not. But you're right. One step forward, two steps back with that sort of promotion.
1: And given where, given the you know, so the way society feels about these kind of sports now, for that sort of exhibition to go on and, and be put up as boxing, do, do, does someone in the industry not turn around and go, "You just can't keep doing this"?
0: Unfortunately, well, the industry's yeah. not unified enough. Yeah, you know, true. when you touch somebody in the industry, what is the industry There's So many different sanctioning bodies and. It, you know, if you can fill an auditorium and get your money back, a promoter can get away with this sort of rubbish. There, there is not one single governing body that says, no, you can't do it. Yeah. So, in fact, if it's financially viable, you can get away with it.
2: Brian? Well, I reckon we could get Dan Andrews in the ring against <laughs> the uh, West Australian Premier. And as a uh, precursor to that, we could have uh, Gladys. Uh, from New South Wales, fight Anastasia from Queensland. <laughs> we'll call it State of Origin Boxing. <laughs> um, we'll get somebody from South Australia to fight somebody from Canberra and suddenly it's, we've got a, a fairly good night of, of top boxing.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, I oh, guaranteed. Pay-per-view on that would be uh, absolutely war somewhere in the vicinity of maybe 2 $3. Well,
2: I wouldn't mind seeing Gladys the New South Wales box. I'll oh, turn it
1: up. Now, um... Uh, oh, that, hang on I yeah, got that. No, yes yeah, yeah do you know it's the way I let that go straight through to adam Gilchrist anyway and and you,
2: and you can I'd like to see a man today from Queensland I'd like to see her get punched in the ring
1: yes Thank you. <laughs> have you. Have you exhausted all the sexual innuendo boxing jokes or is there more to come, Brian? Well, I'm, I'm seriously thinking of another one, but it's just not coming. <laughs> um, uh, well, Teddy, one thing that probably won't be uh, being done anymore in this country is elections because they have such a landslide um, scenario these days, it's almost not worth turning up.
2: Well, I think we're going to cancel the election because we're going to extend the state of emergency for another five years right. to Dan Andrews, so um, <laughs> yeah. there'll be no scrutiny of this uh, current government for the next five years.
1: Right, are you? All right. Okay, let's have a look at what else has been going on. Oh, I've got some feedback from last week's show I want to go through before we talk about footy and a few other things. Yeah. Here we go Heidi Ricard said Great idea with the music chart So she liked that Please keep that going um, And she gave us a quick anecdote about uh, Blame It on the Rain Which was one of the songs we mentioned last week The Millie Vanilli song She said I remember watching the film clip to that song Back in the day with a friend And the observation was One of them looked to be doing all the singing While the other one was just in the background Clapping and waving his head around The comment made at the time was Look, one guy's doing all the singing The other is just dancing and clapping And not singing at all Mm, little did we know. Robert <laughs> Rice, in honor of the Godzilla vs. King Kong movie. Uh, Have you seen it yet, Brian? Yeah. No, I haven't yet. No, well, it hasn't started it's, yet. Hasn't uh, little, well, that's probably why I haven't seen it. And I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't take the sleeping pill before going to see it. I think it is actually a sleeping nah. pill. Uh, we'll see. There we go. So, Robert's no. come up with the top five movies made with verses in the title. Oh, good. Yeah. Good oh, you, Robert. Beauty. Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah, good movie. Yep. The People versus Larry Flint. Oh, yeah. Very yeah, good. Not bad. Yeah, bad. yep Woody Harrelson in that was brilliant. Alien versus Predator.
2: i say I missed that one, but, um, you know, I don't think they would have spent too much time on the script. There'd be plenty of action, though, I reckon. ooh.
1: ooh, 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 ooh. Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, that was a good movie. That's fairly recent, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. No, it was. That
2: was good. I'm not really a racing car sort of driving movie kind of guy, but um, that was good.
1: Yep. And uh, and the final one in in Robert's top five. Well done, Robert. Uh, Freddie versus Jason. Remember that? Ah, uh,
2: who could forget? How did that not win an Academy Award?
1: Yeah. Jeez, I don't
2: know. Yes. Best movie, best direction, and the two could fight about the best actor. Oh. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Totally overlooked by the Academy. And once again, it just shows that it's a bunch of old white guys
1: not really appreciating <laughs> where the world is at. Correct. <laughs> um, now, um, no, they, no, they were great, though. Yeah, it's very good. So by all means, uh, we, we love your feedback. Uh, just jump on the Facebook page and uh, send us that or the uh, or the Twitter account that we've got. Uh, David Chet has got one for you, Finey. He said he yep. totally understands that poetry you were doing last week. Ah, the high key. The, the high key. That's how you pronounce it. Right. So he says, I totally understand the high key poetry. Here's one for you from, uh, from David Chet. Thank you, David. And it goes like this, Finey. Rock and roll and fun. Brian, Finey and Kevin, total idiots.
0: There you go.
1: <laughs> that's fine. So there you go. That so, is. so someone understood it, I must admit. Um, even when I listened back to the program, I still struggled with it.
0: Okay. It's the five-syllable, seven-syllable, five-syllable.
1: Yeah. No, I, I understand that, but I still struggled to kind of get it. And I, I guess that's, the, you know, like art, poetry is in the eye of the beholder or the ear of the beholder, the and, and I, and I kind of didn't get it. But uh, thank you, sure David, for sharing that.
2: It seems like a lot of
1: work for little results, I think. Yes, you're probably right. Now, Brian, I've got some sad. Yeah. I've got some sad news for you.
2: Don't tell me that Roger Vadivas is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me
1: that. How did you pull his name out of somewhere? Goodness me! What have you Roger been watching? Verduris. One of the oh, biggest acts oh, in Australian music history.
2: Des. Better get used to. And it. you're telling, and you're telling yes, and you're telling me that he's not well. He's not. I, I
1: have no, I, I have no idea of Roger's current uh, status. He he may have suffered some electrical shock from holding that hairdryer in front of him during the uh, three and a half minutes of the clip. I think
2: he's, I think he's um, now being managed by Gudinski. Oh, stop Jeez. And he's hanging out with Doris Day. Oh,
1: God. Actually, now I'm going to have to check later when, we fin- when I finish this. I'm going to, have to go and check. I don't think he's deceased, Ro- Roger Vadouris. No,
2: no, he's as dead as a door.
1: Oh, yeah. Ed, don't say that.
2: Jeez. Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm 90% positive he's passed on. Okay. Um, took, the red, took the red jumper with him.
1: Oh, jeez, oh, that, was, that was a big hit, that song. That was a massive song. Oh, but he's like the red jumper and the wind going through his hair. Yeah, the, the wind going through his hair was a bit much. No, but I'll tell you what is finished, Brian, is your Dancing with the Stars career. Oh, who did they get? Well, let me go through it for you. The All-Star cast, uh, leading the All-Star cast, is uh, former champion Beck Hewitt, back to reclaim her crown after 17 years away from the spotlight. Beck will be joined by fellow returning dance champions, including Tom Williams from season two. Home and Away star. Who is is Tom Williams? Well, you know Tom Williams. He's he's sort of. He's a Frank Sinatra singing guy. No, no, no. That's Tom um what's his name? Burlinson. That's yeah, it. Burlington. That's Tom Berlinson. No. So what's Tom Williams claiming? Well, Tom about? Williams isn't the Tom Williams that that Finey knows really well, that I know really well, who played for the Bulldogs. That's not that Tommy Williams. This is the Tom remember, Williams who was the kind of well, uh, do it yourself, bloke. Is the lesser
0: known
2: Tom
1: Williams? Well, it depends. I think he's been selling real estate of recent years. Um uh, we've got a real estate agent on the
2: Dancing
1: with well, the Star. I don't think he's any more Dancing right. with the real estate agent. <laughs> okay. Well, that would okay. probably, probably right Home and Away star Ada Nicodemu is back from season three. TV he presenter. won it, though, I think. Yeah, she did. These are the returning champions. Uh, Luke Jacobs, who won season eight, and acclaimed yeah, chef okay. Manu Fidel from season 11. So they're all the returning champions. So they're all back in. Beckett, and I'll tell you
2: what, Manu... He won it. There's no way he deserves to win it. He was – no, nah, Damien Leeds should have won that, year.
1: Right. Other stars who are making their way back on the dance floor include radio star Fifi Box.
2: Oh, really? Actor Lincoln Lewis. You know, that's Sheila. She rolls up to an envelope open. <laughs> um, you know, Fifi Box, oh, God, she's on everything, and really she's got limited talents.
1: Okay. I'm over the box. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Lincoln Lewis, the actor. and yeah, uh, Wait a minute. He's Lincoln Lewis. Son of Wally Lewis and uh, an actor on Home and Away, if my memory serves me All correctly. Right. So we're doing a bit of cross-promotion for Channel 7 with this Well, enough. he's not on Home and Away now. He's estranged from so his he's what? dad. he's so he's an unemployed actor now. Oh, well, I don't know if he's unemployed, but
2: he's both so to be dancing well, with the stars, not dancing with the real estate agent, the unemployed actor, and somebody we've forgotten. <laughs> um, fair enough. Uh, but aren't, aren't most... This gets worse, though. I know where this is going. This is, there's one I'm going to lose my shit over. Yeah,
1: probably. Um, there aren't most actors unemployed at some stage? Isn't that, doesn't that come with a gig?
2: <clears throat> 95% of actors are unemployed most of the time. There you go.
1: Recent SAS Australia recruit Erin McNaught from Season 12 ah, is returning. Oh,
2: that's the one that's going to make it lose. <laughs> this is the one that I'm going to lose my shit over. <laughs> really? Erin was, was in my year of Dancing with the Stars. Oh, She's a very beautiful girl. Mm. She doesn't have, I wouldn't say she's got a you know really bubbly telev- uh, television personality, but she got kicked off first. She oh. was the worst dancer than me. She was the first one to get thrown off after week two.
1: Oh.
2: And she's anything but a champ. In fact, I'll go so far to say she's a shit dancer and nobody really knows who she is. She's a lovely girl, but give me a break. You may as well get Rosemary Margan on. Let her have a dance. Right. French. Okay. Is Rosemary gone too? <laughs> oh, this is just turn out to be one shit of a day.
0: Yeah, and I can confirm, Roger Vadodar is no longer with us. Oh, is he?
1: Is he? Has he? Is dead?
0: Yeah, two thousand and three liver disease.
1: Oh, okay. Oh,
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. I
1: seriously didn't know. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I
0: it. <laughs> Chronic liver disease. <laughs> Apparently, his his specialist told him to get used to it. <laughs> wow! Oh,
1: Finally, Jeez. Oh. oh, are we at a Aaron t- McMahon. McMahon. Doesn't oh. that he Oh, we—we had a Tobin Brothers funeral or something or a rally, aren't we? My
2: God! We well, should get the Tobin Brothers to sponsor. The oh, podcast.
1: yeah, great! We just do roll call of all the people who've died. Lapine yeah. Funerals and presents, and we
2: just hand the list to Pine Funerals, and they just chase up the list, and they'll be busy for a week.
1: Yep. Yep, and we just keep just keep doing the show until we're on the list. <laughs> is that how oh, <laughs> that's how it works. That's how it works. Is that the final list of the Dancing with the Stars? No, no, no. I've got more to come. Eric Pitt, did he get again? <laughs> yes. Interior designer Kylie Clark from season fourteen. Kylie Clark is that Martin Clark missus? Well, it's K Y L Y. That's how she spells it, isn't it, Finey? No, no. I don't have time for anybody that felt it like that. No, me neither. I've got no idea. But the interior designer—I'm assuming it's it's um, it's Michael Clark's ex-wife. I'm assuming. Um, sure. TV presenter Jamie Jury is on. Now, can yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Well, can I just say that? And he was in season six, but he was he was in manpower. He was actually a professional dancer before he became uh, you know a backyard expert. Yeah, but you know. It's not easy to do it with your clothes on, as Brian has testified. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's very good, funny. Okay, now competing alongside the returning All Stars, they've got some wildcard entrants, Brian. Oh, hang on a minute. You're telling me Aaron McNaught is coming in as a champion. No, no, no. They've got the returning dance champions, and then the returning, which is Beck and uh, and Luke Jacobs and uh, Ada Nicodemu and Manu. They're the returning champions. Then there's the returning people who were on it before and have come back again. That's Jamie, Jury, Lincoln, Lewis and Erin and, and Fifi and Kylie. Uh, and then they've got the wildcard entry. So there's three three kind of levels. And well, who's the wildcard? Chappelle Corby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, is, is Copper Reed going to get it? <laughs> Uh, now, you this
0: <laughs> You'd one up by Chappelle Colby, Well, there
2: you go. <laughs> uh, Apparently, Ivan Malat was busy, so he can't do it.
1: Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, TV, t- TV and radio personality, Maddie Johnson. Now, I'm sorry. I don't know who Maddie oh. Johnson is. I'm not being a smart ass. I don't know who he is. I know who he is.
2: Um, he he. Does a lot of he's got shows on rugby league and stuff. He's probably bigger in New South Wales.
1: That's Matty Johnson. Who's this? This is Maddie Johnson. Who the hell is Maddie Johnson? <laughs> oh, that's what I just said. <laughs> Who the f- is Maddie Johnson? <laughs> that should be a t shirt. Um, um. <laughs> I've got no idea, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the photo of the cast here, and I don't know where, well. He's not that one because that's Jamie Durie, So I know that. That's Manu. Uh, where's Tommy Williams? Uh, I don't know which one he is. In fact, there's oh no, this no one's Williams. Yeah, no, I got no idea you know, who
2: they, he is. These casting people, they, they pay good money to come up with some stars to dance. And it sounds like they're just taking the piss out of the whole thing. You know, they don't give a shit who's up there and dancing. Just whoever's name's on speed, I'll just them, that'll do. Bring up Tom Williams, whoever he is, and Maddie Johnson. I don't know who he is, but it sounds good. Now, now just, just
1: just 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 cool your jets for a second. We haven't finished. T V host Renee Barr is also there. Um hang on. <laughs> and who's Renee Barr? <laughs> B a r g h. I'm not sure. I think it is a barge or bar. It wouldn't be barge. I don't. I do Barge. Johnson. You found what funny? Are you ready
0: for it? Yeah. Are you ready for Maddie Johnson?
1: Yeah. Who is he? Mm-hmm.
0: Right.
1: He's from the Bachelor. Oh,
0: jeez. Oh, Bachelor's Maddie Johnson uh, leads dancing. With the stars training in Sydney. Oh.
1: Mm. Oh. Controversy already. Yeah. So he's actually, he, he's realised that he's not anybody and he's left the show. That's a smart move. And the final. He cuts a muscular, cuts a muscular figure in a white tank top. Does he really?
0: I've photos of him leaving, leaving the Dancing with the Star studio because he's such a hunk.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, I mean, he might be the nicest well, bloke in the world, but I just can't say I've, I've heard him. But I don't watch Bachelor or Married at First Sight or any of those things. Um, and model and actress Jessica Gomes rounds out the cast.
2: Now, familiar with me with Jessica Gomes, somebody, I, I seem I've, to have forgotten her body of work.
1: <laughs> well, she's very slim body. She's a model and an actress. I can't remember what TV show she's been in or series, but I remember at Caulfield Cup, now, finally, remember the Caulfield Cup that young Nick Hall won? He, uh, and I can't yeah. remember the name of the horse, Jamaica or something, I think it was. Is that what it was called? Jamaica? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, it was only, it was like mid-2000s or uh, 2010, something like that. And he yeah, wa- yeah. he wasted to 49-something kilos to ride this horse. Jessica right. Gomes. Jessica Gomes was one of the um, ambassadors, I think, that year for the uh, for the uh, for the cup. And she had a okay. f- she had a faint. We were I was broadcasting. I was at S E M at the time, broadcasting with Doctor Turf and Kevin Bartlett. And we were doing the show. And Jessica Gomes walked past, and I didn't know who she was. Turfie's daughter knew who she was, and uh, she walked past. She had a fainting spell in the mounting yard, or just next to the mounting yard. Because it was I, pissed out of her mind. <laughs> well, I, I don't think she'd eaten in seven months by the look of her. And if she'd had an M&M, she would have looked seven months pregnant. It was, she just was the skinniest girl I'd ever seen. She had a little fainting spell in the uh, in, uh, just next to the mounting yard as the horses were parading. And here's poor old Nicole who's wasted to 49 kilos or whatever it was to ride the what turned out to be the winner in the cup. Um, and she's having a fainting spell. So, yeah, so Jessica's in Dancing with the Stars. Let's hope she doesn't have any fainting spells.
0: He he was born in Portuguese father, Singaporean mother. Um, He moved to New York, where she worked as a model. Mm -hmm. And Mm acting-wise, went to the modelling school in Midland. I'm for better, acting Oh, she went to the Stella Adler Studio of Acting in New York. Stella! Um, she's popular in the Asian market. She's appeared in the 2014 film Transformers Age of Extinction. Oh. Once Upon a Time in Venice. And co starred with Owen Wilson in the 2020 Netflix film Tiger Tales.
1: Well. There you go. Well, she's a girl on the move. Oh, Helen Mirren, meet your heart out.
2: Oh. Well about Jessica Garn.
1: Now yeah. now, Brian, before you before you completely blow this show out of the thing, I, I also have to say the hosts and judges for the spectacular Dancing with the Stars, all stars, will be announced uh, soon. So you might you might uh, you might score a Guernsey there, you might actually have to judge these people. I think they're trying to get Daryl back. Oh, really?
2: Daryl yeah. Oh, okay. And no doubt Sergeant Kruger will be in there somewhere.
1: Well, she's hosting everything on Channel 7, I believe.
2: Yes, she is. She's um, doing the news and the weather. Um, she's just doing everything. Epilogue.
1: And,
0: yeah. her, and her identical twin brother, Freddie. <laughs>
1: Freddie Kruger. Freddie Kruger, yeah. <laughs> That's what that's what Robert should have had on his <laughs> list. It should have been Freddie versus Freddie versus Sonya, the Krugers. <laughs> Kruger versus Kruger, not Kramer versus Kramer. It Should have been Kruger versus Kruger. Kruger versus Kruger. That yeah. didn't work. There you go. So sorry, Brian. I'm, Bri- I'm sorry, Brian, to bring you that sad news that you're not in Dancing with the Stars.
2: Well, I think it's probably sad news for the viewers of Dancing with the Stars
1: give. Um, mm. Mm.
2: You know, they'll be going, "Who the <laughs> is <Matty
1: Thompson." laughs> And I've just found him in this photo that they put in with the press release, and I still don't know who he is. But there you go; he looks good in a white yeah. tank top, funny. Well, oh,
0: that's the idea. That's the idea. Brian. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly, right in a
1: white tank top,
0: exactly
2: right, yeah. exactly right. You know, exactly what I'd get better TV than after them people.
1: Well, yeah, well, I don't think that'd be too hard, Brian. To be perfectly honest, they didn't get me for celebrity. Holy moly, holy moly, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know one end of a golf stick from the other, or a putter from the other? I do. Okay. I do. I felt that I could have won it. Okay, but,
2: what, a lot of luck involved.
1: You want to want to do? You should do a holy moly grudge match. You you, you, uh, you know, Mannix versus Barry Hall.
2: Mannix versus Dan Andrews, <laughs> and I'll just get that putter and crack it over his head.
1: Yes, well, I'll tell you, you don't want to play with, and that's Max King from the Saints, um, because uh, Maxy's not good on a golf course, is he, Finey?
0: Oh, what next? <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: <coughs> now this is the it's hope of real. your this is the hope of your side, isn't it? This bloke is a very good player. Yes, it's
0: knocked out by a golf ball. We've all seen mm. what? Yes, yeah, he got KO'd by a golf ball. He's
1: out round one. Yep. Oh, well, he should be out for round two as well. Wouldn't he get the mandatory twelve days? Yeah, just
0: for. Ball- so
1: he just qualifies for round two. Okay. So he's on the golf course. He's playing with, I, I'm assuming he's playing golf with a couple of mates. He's standing to the right-hand side of his mate and his mate drills the ball into his head. Yeah, must be a great golfer, mate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you ever stood in front, I've, I've, and I played golf for many years, you don't ever stand in front of anyone that you're playing with unless they're, you know, Greg Norman or Craig Parry, and even then...
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always wondered about being in the um, galleries, you know, even at those professional tournaments where they sort of line the front of the tee box. Yeah. So you, you're putting a lot of faith in the ability of players never to hit a, a one off the toe of the club, aren't you? Yep. Because boy, oh boy, you can get drilled into... Drilled
1: into never, never. No, oh, absolutely. I played played on a golf day, one, two years in a row. Doug Hawkins, unfortunately, just uh, hit the ball a bit left, and Rod McPherson was standing behind Doug and said to the people in the gallery who were about thirty meters down the uh, fairway, "Can you move back? Because that's where Doug's aiming. He'll hit you." And they didn't. They wouldn't listen. They didn't move. And sure enough, Doug drilled the ball, and it went straight at this bloke, and hit him in the head. There you go down. Yeah, like a bag of you-know-what. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, wow. I what you deserved. Yeah, well, he was – Rocket warned him and said, you know, can you move because that's where Dougie's – that's exactly where Dougie's aiming. And the bloke went, no, no, yeah, no. Once I, was, once I was
0: playing at Royal Brighton, mm-hmm. fantastic golf course, and I can't remember what hole it was. It was one that sort of um, – it's a par three that you hit towards Southlade. Anyhow – I was standing on the – we were on the green and we called the group behind us on. You know how you can do that? Yep. So I was standing just off the green and I heard somebody call four and literally just as I looked up, I saw the ball and no word of a lie, I looked up, I heard four, looked up (coughs) – and caught it in one hand just above my head.
1: <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's bad etiquette.
0: Well, it was just sort of an
1: instinct. Yeah.
0: But it was very straight in my head. I got a round of applause from everybody. <laughs> yeah. it was one, of the, it was one of the great reflex catchers of all time.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you'd had another did, half I a second. Did
0: right, I, I did the right thing and put it onto the green as
1: well. Absolutely. Yeah, or, or you should have done a, you know, Diego Maradona and sort of, the hand of God into the hole, maybe.
0: It was a pretty good catch,
1: I tell you. Yeah, no, good, good work. It it sort of reminded me um, of the um, the most bizarre injury. I thought when I heard that, I thought, well, that's that's right up there. Do you remember that Brisbane Lions girl? I reckon it was two or th- it might have been two years ago, who got hit by lightning before a game. No, yeah. no, I don't actually. Yeah, no, it happened about. I reckon it was two or three years ago, and she, um, I can't remember her name for the life of me, but. Um, it was before the season started, I think, and she actually got – she was holding um, something in her hand, not a golf club, but something in her hand, and uh, lightning actually struck the thing. She, mi- I think she missed a couple of games. I can't remember, to be honest. She was fine, but um, struck by lightning. So uh, I can't imagine what uh, what the St Kilda players can do to top being hit in a, a scon by a golf ball. Finally, I don't know where you go to from that.
2: Well, I was at the um – Sitting in the clubhouse one day at the golf course, and this woman came in. She was screaming in agony, and mm. apparently there was a hive of bees on the course, and she'd been stung by the bee.
1: Ooh!
2: And I, t- and I said, to her, where where were you stung?" And she said, "Between the first and second holes." And I said, "Sounds <laughs> like your stance is a bit
1: wide." <laughs> oh dear <tell> me! <laughs> Oh, goodness me. Oh. <laughs> just taking it straight down in the gutter, fellas. <laughs> well, didn't mm-hmm. have very, did, let's be honest, didn't have very far to go. <laughs> you know, It wasn't, nah. wasn't like it was a long trip. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah, there you go. Uh, and where are you appearing this week? Which comedy? Are you part of the Melbourne Comedy Festival, are you, Mr Mannix? No, I'm playing at the
2: Doncaster Shopping Town and Ooh. I think Chelsea Heights RSL this week.
1: Oh, wow. The Doncaster That's Shopping good. Town. Remember Willie Wilde told us that he did a gig there with Sweet? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he's pretty good mates with Sweet. Yeah, with um, Mick Tucker. Right. Who's the only... That think... bass player for
2: Sweet's not feeling well either.
1: Oh, <laughs> Brian, I don't think anyone apart from Mick Tucker out of Sweet is feeling well. I think they've all gone now.
2: Well, oh, that's a shock to me. this no. discharge is just getting worse and worse. Oh, stop it.
1: <laughs> hey, have either of you watched The Making Their Mark Docco? No. No. Okay. I recommend that's it. branding, I suppose. I suppose. Well, it's branding. It's a 7ep. I think it's 7ep, seven, 7 or 8. Um it, it goes behind the, the scenes of last year's uh AFL season and it follows uh, Stewie Jew and the, and the Gold Coast Suns. It follows basically the, the head people of uh, GWS Giants, uh, mostly Leon Cameron and Stephen Cornelio. Uh, follows Richmond, obviously, uh, but doesn't get into all the, all the stuff with Hardwick and that. But uh, you, see, you see some really brilliant stuff from Damien Hardwick, I have to say. Um, and also Eddie Betzer-Carlton. So they're kind of the major players in it. And it's, uh, it's well done. Um, I, it, it seems, it feels a bit long sometimes, the eps seem a bit long. I think the, I think the one thing the, the overseas people do is they make those things about 40 minutes long, uh, each ep, and it, it does, it, it has pace. So sometimes it loses pace and sometimes it gets a bit kind of gangly because they're going between the four different, um, clubs that they follow and, Oh, look, I'm sorry, and I know we, we banged on about this the other week, but they just use too much of the um, the commentators telling you what's happening on the screen and trying to explain to you what's happening in the game and how important the game is and, uh, you know, how good a player this bloke is or whatever. They use too much of, of that stuff in it and don't let the pictures tell you the words. It's almost like you're too dumb to realise that this is an important game that we need to tell you it's an important game and that, Got a bit tiresome for me at the end. Blah.
2: Sounds good.
1: But. Oh, look, some of the stuff with the coaches, when you see Leon Cameron spray the watsits out of the, the Giants blokes when they drop Cornelio, when Hardwick uh, talks about, you know, the indiscretions off the ground with the playing group and all that, then, uh, some of that stuff is really, really good. It's stuff that that uh, fly on the wall stuff that you love. But, yeah, there's a lot of kind of other stuff in there where you go, oh, okay, get on with it. But no, generally, no. generally pretty good. Generally, pretty good. Well, yeah. Now, are you excited about the footy starting this week? Yeah, I am. Yeah, mate. Oh, yeah. too. I am looking forward to twenty two game season. Yeah, I am. I am looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think. Yeah. I think it'd be good. Fifty percent crowds in in Victoria to start with, but hopefully that um, that'll pick up before the end of the year. We hope. Yeah. So, it's, um, yeah, it'll
2: be good to have footy back. And it was a pretty crazy season last year, so it might be good to get back to a little bit more normality.
1: Yep. Which means the world famous uh, rock and roll footy tipping competition is back. Who's going to win yeah, this right. year? Oh, people have just been walking the streets of Australia asking themselves, who's going to win the rock and roll footy tipping this year? Will it be Finey and he's well, Saints? Big chance. Will it be Brian Mm. and will Brian tip Essendon every single week? Mm. Or can Kev ride the coattails of the emerging Bulldogs and win again? They're the questions people have been asking.
2: Yep. I've I've been getting it all week.
1: Yep. I can imagine. I can imagine just being run off your uh, your feet with it. So you're ready to go through the games? All right. Richmond and Carlton kick the season off. Is anybody tipping Carlton? Brian, no, no, I wouldn't have thought so. That's a, so. That's a Richmond all round, right? Okay. On Friday night, it is uh, the Western Bulldogs playing uh, Collingwood. What's your thoughts, funny? <laughs> oh, I'm
0: pretty bullish about the Bully, so I'm going to the Bulldogs.
2: Brian. Yeah, I'll enjoy the game more if I'm barraging to the Bulldogs. Um, so, yeah, Bulldogs
1: for me. All right, Saturday's a couple of dud games. One of them's Melbourne and Fremantle. No, i have been being facetious. There's no dud games early in the season because we're all full of hope. No one's lost a game and everyone, you know, still thinks there are a chance and hopes that their team will go well. So at the MCG on um, on Saturday afternoon at 1.45. Melbourne take on Frio. Who are you tipping, Fanny?
0: I'm
1: going for the Dockers. The Dockers. Brian?
2: Yeah, I just reckon Melbourne's got a terrible culture. Um, in fact, I'll make a prediction that Simon Goodwin will be the first coach sacked this year. Okay. Probably about round seven. So it's a Dockers for me.
1: No, I'm going to go for Melbourne. Actually, I know they've got a terrible Ooh. culture and all that, but I just yeah, I uh, again it's that thing where you don't see a lot about Fremantle in the preseason. I'm not quite sure how good they'll be, but I I think Melbourne I think Melbourne will get up. The Crows yeah. take on the Cats, Adelaide Oval, four thirty-five on Saturday afternoon. So that's the uh, the link game between uh, the uh, two uh, Melbourne games in Adelaide. Crows, will they be as bad as they were last year? Finding?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, jeez, really? Not
0: like them at all. They were terrible to me. Not packing them with
1: a ten foot. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Worse. Gee whiz. Um, okay, what do you think, Brian? Are you, going, are you going the Cats, obviously?
2: No, yeah, the Cats for sure, yeah. Yeah, yep. no, I don't. After listening to finally fine, scathing report of uh, the Adelaide uh, practice matches, yeah. the Cats are looking pretty good, so we'll so go to the Cats.
1: So I'd assume on that uh, on that comment, Finey, that you have the Crows as your wooden spooners. Yep. Yep. We'll do Okay, so I'm going for the Cats as well. I can't possibly see Adelaide beating them as long as their backside points to the ground. Now, here's the one for you, Brian. Marvel Stadium, Saturday night. Essendon take on Hawthorne. Essendon to win, Mm
2: -hmm. and probably a fairly close match for Essendon. New revamped Essendon will get up if they can kick straight.
1: All right, which has been a problem even in the practice match. I see they kicked 19 points. Yeah, right. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Finey, who do you like? I'm going to go for the bottom. Yep.
2: Good on you, Finey. Yep, me too. All oh,
1: right, boys. Well done. Yep, me too. I I don't think Hawthorne's I've, – I've, I've probably got Hawthorne in my bottom four or five, to be honest. Mm. The way it looks to me. The Lions okay. take on the Swans at the Gabba on, uh, on Saturday night. So uh, – I'm not sure I think the Swans are going to be very good, so I'm going to go the Brisbane Lions. What about you, Mr Mannix? Oh, Brisbane. I think
2: Brisbane have a good chance to go all the way this year.
1: Finey? Yeah, too good to Gabba. Brisbane for mine. Yep. Sunday, uh, North Melbourne take on Port Adelaide. Geez, no-one's given North Melbourne a chance to win the, their own chook raffle, I wouldn't have thought. Finey? <laughs> yeah, I think Port will be too strong. Yep. Mr Mannix? Port Yep, I'm the same. I can't see North uh, frightening too many teams. The Giants take on the Saints at Giants Stadium on Sunday afternoon at 3.20. Mr Fine, this is an interesting game for your lot because everyone's talking the Giants down.
0: Yeah, a lot of injuries at St Kilda, very depleted. Mm. Um, look, I'm
1: going to go to the Saints almost in an upset. Yeah,
0: it is, I suppose, almost.
2: Yeah. Uh, Brian? I like the Saints. Um, I know they've got injuries and stuff, but um, I'm tipping them to make a preliminary final this year, so I'm going to go with the Saints.
1: Yeah, I think the Saints will go well, but I don't think they'll go well first week. I've got a feeling the Giants will get up and win that, and i I just got a feeling at home. If they're going to win any games, they've got to win them at home. Uh, West Coast Eagles will take on the very much improved Gold Coast Suns. That's in Perth at Optus Stadium at 6.10 on Sunday afternoon. Mr Fine?
0: Yeah, I would have. I would have tipped Gold Coast if that was played in Queensland, but no, I'll have to go with the home team. Yep,
1: Brian. Yeah, yeah, West Coast for me. Yeah, I think at this stage of the year, West Coast at home, you're not going to tip against them really, almost regardless of who yeah. they, who they're playing. They're they're going to be good again, and they'll be up there somewhere. All right, well, there's the world famous uh, rock and roll footy tips. Now, time for the blind. Right. Time for the blind chart. You ready? All right, Whereas, here we go. Now, we need a name for this uh, because uh, I can't keep calling it the blind chart or the chart fart because it's a blast from your musical past. Um, so uh, we need a name. So if you've got an idea for a name, please, uh, Facebook or Twitter, let us know. All right, Brian, we're going to uh, October 1986. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Where, where, where you were flying then, weren't you, the X-Men?
2: No, I was on the way down then. Well, Yeah. On the way out, then. Yeah. Okay. On, well, radio stopped playing the song for then, so it was like slow death after
1: that. Okay. So this <laughs> is the ninety-two point three Eon FM triple 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 your music um, chart from the sixteenth of October, nineteen eighty-six. So pick a number, Mister Fine, and you can have that song. Seventeen. Seventeen. Number seventeen. I don't even. Oh, it was "Ooh um, La More" by Eurasia. Do you remember that? No. Neither do I. But that was number I 17. On the, well, uh, I didn't like that. So I can't remember that song, but uh. Yeah, I, I remember a ratio. I can't remember the name of their hit, but that wasn't it. But that was number 17. There you go. All right, Brian, give me a number. This is the Eon Chats Up. Might have, you know, might have been Captain Carl, might have been fiddling the books at this stage. <laughs> well I'll have number five. Number five. Oh you <laughs> you'll love this. This will have been one of your favorite songs of nineteen eighty six, I have no doubt. A matter of trust by Billy Joel. Oh <laughs> boy. Um Yeah, Billy
2: Joel, so this is you know, this is a big hit for Billy Joel. Um you know, if you like Billy Joel, you'll like this song. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, um, I, I just cannot get too excited about Billy Joel. Um, I know he didn't start the fire, but he was there with matches when it happened. So <laughs> uh,
1: it was off the bridge. The bridge album. The bridge album was the number four album at that stage. So uh, Billy had the hit single from that. Right. Oh, finally, give me another number. Number thirty. Thirty. We're going down to number thirty here, and uh, oh, you got a uh, thing with Midnight Oil, the Dead Heart by Midnight Oil. You picked them out last week. Yeah, I did. Now, which is the Dead Heart? Brian, do you remember that one?
2: No, I thought it was the name of the album, but um, no, I don't remember it at all. Uh,
1: it's not ringing. Probably any- if I heard it, I would. Yeah, me too, but it's not ringing any bells straight off the top of my scon here, and I can't find them with an album in the top uh, 30, so uh, I'm not sure what, uh, what album that one's from. Can you believe Kevin Bloody Wilson had the number 12 album back in 1986 with Kev's back? Oh, yeah, he was huge. He yeah. was huge. He's, he's touring. I have saw he's actually doing a gig in Geelong in the next week or so. Um, I don't know whether he does Hey Santa Claus or his Alan Bond songs. Uh, would he still get yeah. all that? I don't know if he can play the Alan Bond one anymore. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Brian, pick another number. Your third and final number, what do you like? Uh, 13. 13. Oh, you – well, this was – I reckon this is a good song. Uh, uh and this bloke did, played a grand final and, and uh, got good reaction at the grand final too, particularly when he played this song. The number 13 song in 1986 on the 16th of October was Lionel Richie, Dancing on the Ceiling.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> I remember this song came out and it was a party at Molly's and Molly just decided this was the best song he'd heard for the week or whatever. And he must have played the video to that clip 13 times at the party. Oh. It just was non-stop dancing on the ceiling. And, um, yeah, so, look, why are you dancing on the ceiling? It doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm.
0: You
2: yeah. know, there's a party going on around here. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So that, yeah, look, Lionel, you know, he's quite a talented young man, but uh, this one goes absolutely nothing for me and that's probably why it's only
1: number 30. Right. The top three, and I'll give you one more funny in a minute, but I'll tell you what the top three were. The number one uh, single in uh, the 16th of October 1986 was Venus by Bananarama. Number, mm. number two was Take My Breath Away by Berlin uh. from the, uh, the soundtrack of Top Gun. And number three was Stuck With You by Huey Lewis and the News. Right. Right, Don't all all rush me at once with your accolades and, you know, gushing responses to the top three. It it might make me think that 1986, October 1986 is a pretty shit time for music. Right. The top three albums were Graceland by Paul Simon. No,
2: it's not a bad album.
1: True Colours by Cindy Lauper and the Top Gun soundtrack. And Billy Joel was number four. Oh, oh, just to a, a, I mean? oh, just a, just a top you off, Brian, uh, number five was Revenge by the Eurythmics. Cause I know how much you'd love Annie Lennox. Um, yeah, well,
2: yeah. look, you know, I liked them at the time, but I don't want to hear them 50 years later. Yes.
1: Where would you be in 50 years not listening to Annie Lennox? Righto, finally right. give no. us the, the final number of uh, the top 40. What do you want? I'll see if I can say 22. 22. 22? Is oh, no, this is a setup. You said you were finished what? at that stage, Brian. Number 22, I I was. yeah. Well, number 22, yeah. I didn't even notice this because I don't look at this chart until I walk in to do this thing right now, so I haven't looked at it beforehand. Yeah. It's Don't Wake Me, is that what it is? You're kidding, don't wake me by the uncanny X Men. Is number
0: 22. <laughs> <laughs> That song. What a pick!
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> <yeah. coughs> e FM must have hated that because nobody played the song, and it only probably charted just because our fans bought it. But um, no, that song got absolutely no airplay on any radio station in the country.
1: I got to, I got to admit, I don't remember it, Bryce. No, it's pretty rocking. Okay, um, I'll have a listen. Can we play? Can we yeah. play it to Can we play it to finish the um the podcast? Sure.
2: Did you write it? Yep. You of did. Course it's, don't wake me. It's about sleeping in, and,
1: <laughs> you know. Don't
2: bother waking me in the morning.
1: All right. So you did write. So we've uh, got the songwriter's permission to play it. You've got the songwriter's permission. to play All right. It. We're going to play it. We're going to finish the podcast off with it. and uh, that and that wasn't set up by any stretch. That was. Oh, I didn't even know it was in there. There you go. Not but, and you're ahead of. Let me see. Well, I'll tell you what else was in the. Um, Uh, Geisha had a song in, Part-Time Love Affair. Oh, yeah. Don't remember that. Midnight All, as we mentioned. One other Aussie are in here. (coughs) Paul Kelly's in there, Before Too Long. Uh, (coughs) What else is in there? Oh, yeah, that's a great song. Um, Jeez. Oh, Peter, you were below, six spots below Peter Satira's Glory of Love, Brian. How did that happen? That hurt. Farnham's "Your the Voice was number 11. That was uh, obviously on its way down. Uh, and that's about that's about all the Aussies in there. But number twenty two, twenty two, the Uncanny no, X Men. Don't wake me. And that's what we'll finish with. Thank you, boys. Good luck to thank your footy you, teams. Thank you, Tony. Good luck to your footy teams. If the casting people from Dancing with the Stars ring, Brian, don't answer the phone.
0: I'll be too
1: serious to talk to them. <laughs> we'll finish I'm with. T-
0: I'm telling you, they're not. They would not be a listener to this podcast. He does not think that was reed, but it
1: was. No, it wasn't. I seriously swear I don't look at the charts before I walk in here. So I had no idea. Um, So we'll finish with that song. Have a great week, boys. We'll talk to you next week, uh, and we'll see you. Good luck to your footy team.
2: All right. Thanks.
0: just experienced rock and roll don't forget to follow us on twitter and facebook